welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Welcome to our Vision Weekend here at River Valley Church. It's a time where we look back and where we look ahead. We're going to look back at what God did and celebrate it. I hope your faith just builds on all that God did. It was an amazing year. And then also as we look forward at what I believe God wants to do through us. And uh, if you're visiting and you're new with us, I hope you uh, will kind of see that we're a church on a mission. We believe that God has called us to go into all the world. We are not a church that is inward focused. We are outward focused. We're thinking about those not yet here. We believe that we've been given much and we're responsible for that. And uh, this is going to be just a, a, a message today sharing what God did and what we believe he's going to do. Next week, we're going to be doing a series called God Was Here. And uh, it's going to be a four-part series looking at significant moments in our life where God shows up. There's going to be some personal testimonies in there. And I uh, want to encourage you to be here for that next week. Now, today we're going to look back and we're going to look forward. And I want to say this. It's amazing when I think back to a year ago this weekend. I did a message similar to this because it's something that I like to do yearly to look back and look ahead. And uh, did a message like this. And I said... Praise God. I said, I'm really hoping that God would give us a third campus, that our growth is going to necessitate a third campus. And I said, I really believe that we're supposed to do it, but I don't see how it's going to happen. But I believe that we're supposed to do it. God's going to have to work a financial miracle in our church in order for us to see this happen. And I'm pleased to report that a year later, I stand here, not only do we have a third campus, but we have a fourth campus. It's like we were praying for a baby and God gave us twins, right? You know? So it's exciting. And when you you look back and when you see all that God did in this year, you've got to realize that God did more than we were asking for. But I always believe that we should ask for something. I believe he's good. I believe he responds when we ask. I believe that he loves it when his children will will believe for great things. And so we did that last year, and he even gave us more than we were asking for. And so it's an exciting time to look back and say, God, you are amazing. We have so much to celebrate. Well, I didn't want to miss anything. I wanted to encapsulate all the things that we have to look back on. And so we put it into a video so that you could see that. Then I'll come back up here and project and see where we're going in the future. But looking back, I just wanted you to see all that God did. Now, I want you to be excited about this. I want you to have your faith rise up. I want you to see all that God did. And I know it's numbers. Some of you are analytical and you love numbers. Some of you love vision. Some of you don't like numbers or vision. I don't know what we call you, but you don't like numbers or vision. But be excited about the numbers because the numbers represent people. They represent people. They represent lives being changed. And be excited about all that God did in 2010. Take a look at this. 
2010, we celebrated our 15th year as a church, and it's hard to believe that it all started with 13 people in a Bible study. When I look around and see all that God has done, I just say thank you. I'm amazed, and I can't believe how blessed we really are. In 2010, we added 993 people to our weekly attendance average, with 3,513 being the average. It's hard to believe that we grew by that much, and with all the growth that we've had year after year after year, that's one of our largest years of growth we've ever seen as a church. Part of that growth was adding two campuses, and in one year we added Minnetrista Campus and Savage Campus, two very different additions to our church, but two exciting additions. One was a church that was struggling in the Minnetrista area that came to us and said, we're only running just a little over 12 people. Would you be willing to take us over and make us a campus? So we did it, and I'm pleased to report that now that campus is running over 150 people on a consistent basis. The other campus was really different, a church that was going really well, Southbridge Church, that decided to partner with River Valley Church and become our Savage Campus. It was just an amazing thing to see a healthy church want to be part of another healthy church to do more for God. And together, I believe we're making a greater impact for the kingdom of God. All of our campuses now are being staffed, being equipped. And I got to say this, I really think we're figuring this multi-site thing out. Uh, who knows what the future holds for us? I'm just amazed that we had over 1,000 people give their life to Jesus Christ this year. That's just overwhelming to me as a pastor, and I'm thrilled with that, just seeing all that God did in changing people's lives. That led to over 207 people following the Lord in water baptism, and we just celebrate those lives that were changed. If you were one of them, we're so thankful that God changed your life in 2010. A week ago at the Holy um, Spirit Retreat, um, last Saturday, praying with Anthony, I finally gave myself to the Lord. I raised my hand in church, gave my heart to Jesus, and I figured this was the next step in my walk. And just this year, I accepted Jesus as my Savior, and since then, He's done amazing things in my life. He sent me on missions to Belize, and He cured me of my addictions. So now it's my time to show the world that I died and I'm living for Him. When the judge sentenced me to 110 months, I just, I basically gave up on life. I, I didn't care what happened to me after that. A good friend of mine, Matt, he gave me a book titled One Heartbeat Away by Mark Cahill. I read that book in one night, and after I read the book, I went right down to my knees. And that was March 15th of this year. That's how I found Jesus. My, my whole life just turned right around in a big circle. If I can change, I mean, from where I came from, the violence that I was in, anybody can change. One of the things that I loved about 2010 was we were able to have some wonderful guest speakers here. We were able to hear from Paul Scanlon, Priscilla Schreier. We were able to hear from Mark Batterson, of course, our teaching team here at River Valley. And it was a year for people to grow spiritually. When I think of spiritual growth, I'm thrilled that over 400 people 
went to Alpha, where they could explore the faith, find out about Jesus Christ in a safe environment to learn and to ask questions. In addition to that, over 400 people went to our Holy Spirit retreat, where they found out about the power of God available to them through the Holy Spirit. I'm just thrilled that these people took advantage of a year to make spiritual growth a priority, and I'm thrilled that they were part of those ministries. We also are excited about the fact that people that maybe weren't new to the church, but were part of River Valley, took another step to becoming more involved. 342 people went to our Discover class, and in addition to that, we had 273 different life groups that met throughout the year. That means people were saying, I want to be part of the life of the church. I'm not just going to attend. I'm not just going to be a consumer, but I want to be part of the life of the church. And if you are not part of life groups, I'm just telling you, that's where real spiritual growth happens. That's where community happens. That's where leaders are identified. And so I'm thrilled when I see 273 people that were willing to lead a life group and then what that means of all the people that attended. That's huge for our church in 2010. 2010 was also a great year for our children's ministry. Go Kids was amazing. We had 325 children that showed up for our vacation Bible school, and week after week, our kids were growing in their faith in Jesus Christ. We also saw more than ever, youth group was just growing and exploding and seeing lives being changed dozens at a time. It was a great year for youth and children's ministries. You know, at a time where people said churches weren't growing, or the economy was too tight to see God doing something in a miraculous way in the area of finances. I want to brag for just a moment about Kingdom Builders. I feel so strongly about this, that this really was a breakthrough year for us. Over $850,000 was given to Kingdom Builders, with over $271,000 with all four campuses, with our miracle offering alone. I mean, that's something that God deserves the praise, God deserves the glory. That's something to shout about. When I think about all the things that were done, sending the juniors and seniors on the missions trip, when I think about the fact that we put a new roof and new siding on our Faribault campus, as well as making other updates, when I think about the fact that we were able to build phase one and almost raise all the money for phase two, man, that is something to be proud of. That's something to be excited about. That's something to realize that God is doing amazing things at River Valley Church. One of the things that River Valley is strong on is global missions. We believe that we need to reach those not yet here, even those that will never be part of River Valley Church. We just feel an obligation to go into all the world and make disciples. And I'm so excited about the fact that River Valley gave over $710,000 to missions. That was through global project teams, that was through uh, global project giving, and I'm just so excited because when you look at what God can do with that, it's amazing. We gave $54,000 to one ministry called the Association of Related Churches. And with that, 54 new churches were started in America. Think about that. 54 new churches were started because we helped to fund them. That is something that is a global impact. It's going to make a difference for eternity. And I thank you for the 111 missionaries that we've supported, the churches we've started, and the global giving to missions that this church has such a passionate heart about. 2010 saw 285 people from River Valley go out on global teams. We went to every inhabited continent and made a difference. 
our men's ministry, uh, our women's ministry, a lot to be excited about there. Our men's ministry had several events where hundreds of men showed up to worship, to your challenging messages from Pastor John Siebling, from NFL All-Pro Kevin Mawai. It was a great time for our men's ministry. Women's ministry, of course, I couldn't be more proud of you guys. I'm so excited for what God did in our Sparkle ministry, our Chick Nights, our Moms groups, our women's ministry. It was just amazing. And it's an interesting thing. We set as a goal that Sparkle would have 500 people. We thought that was a stretch, grow by 200 people. And I'm just pleased to report Sparkle had 700 in attendance. Way to go, ladies. All of this was accomplished because of God's grace, His mercy, His favor on us, let's be honest. And in addition to that, it was because over 1,000 of you, that's right, over 1,000 of you stepped up and said, you can count on me. I'm part of this church. I will find a place of ministry to serve in. I will volunteer. I'll use my gifts and talents for the glory of God and to help build His kingdom on this earth. I'm going to help my local church that I love and believe in, and I found a place where me and my family will thrive and flourish. This house, we believe in it. And I just want to say thank you to those of you that call this your church home, for those of you that stepped up and served, for those of you that gave, because with this, we can say to God be the glory. He has done great things. And I want to tell you this, I believe He's not done with us, and I believe the best is yet to come. Man, I get excited every time I see that, every time, every time I see it. And I was looking through the crowd, and I saw some of you that gave your life to the Lord in 2010, and it just thrills me to know what God is up to and what he's done, and what an amazing, amazing year. And I just am so excited. Now, I want to share something that I believe is for this year now, all right? I believe that uh, God clearly spoke to one of our leaders and gave him a word. And we believe that God still speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, through the gifts of the Spirit. And we believe those are relevant for today. And one of our leaders said, I felt this during church, that this was a word for our church. And I want you to judge it. I want you to see if you believe this is from God. And when I read it, I wept and I started to shake and tremble because I was like, Lord, if this is really from you, which I believe it is, I can't wait to see what you're going to do in us and through us. And so I want to read to you what I believe is as a word for our church talking about our present moment and our future. And it says this, get ready. Momentum is now set. Hang on. Don't stop. Don't look back. Run with purpose. I will not merely walk, but run the way of your commandments when you give me a heart that is willing, is what Psalms 119.32 says. This run will be different. It's full of great momentum. It's a run downhill. Picture in your mind a child running downhill. The options. Stop because it feels too fast, out of control, and even scary. A child may even fall down on purpose just to stop. Slow down. And work against the force of momentum, fighting and fighting to reach a more comfortable speed. Cooperate and let momentum help you run faster than ever before. My plan is that you run downhill. Don't stop running and don't fight my momentum. Cooperate. Go for it. 
be like the child that just runs and runs, knowing that he'll make it to the bottom. He doesn't care about looking silly. He's smiling from ear to ear. He's experiencing the joy of momentum. Cooperate with momentum to believe more, do more, and reach more than ever before. And the message of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly is what Acts says. Some will say, you have done enough. Slow down, be satisfied. But I say, believe for more so you can do more and reach more. It's not time to stop. It's not time to slow down. It's time to cooperate with momentum and run downhill. You have a willing heart. You have an aim. So run, run downhill. How many are ready to run downhill? I see that. Man, that is, I believe it. When I think, I just thought to myself, if we were running uphill and all that happened, Lord, what's happening when we're running downhill? What's going to happen, Lord? Who knows? And I believe that God is not done with us. And I want to address something that was said in there. Some will say you've done enough. Slow down. Be satisfied. People say that to me all the time. When do you stop? When do you stop? Matter of fact, I met with a pastor this week, and he said, why is River Valley trying to take over Minnesota? He did. I said, we're not trying to take over Minnesota. I said, I wish every church would go and grow and be multi-site and go do it. And we're just doing what God has called us to do. I said, I believe that we're going to give an account for the gifts and talents that we've been given. And I don't want to get to heaven and God say, Rob, I had more for you. I had more for you. You had more capacity. If you'd have learned how to utilize the gifted leaders in your church, you could have had dozens more sites. If you'd have done more, if you'd have utilized and been a better steward of what you had, you could have reached hundreds of thousands. I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You had five, and you maximized all five gifts that I gave you. Matter of fact, you really achieved. That's really what I want to hear from God. That's what I want to hear. So I believe that. And also with that, please understand the motive. Understand the motive. I believe what the word of God says in 2 Peter, that God is not willing that anyone should perish. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but that they would all come into everlasting life. They would come to repentance and know Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. I believe that. I'm just one that believes that we're supposed to go into all the world and tell people and let them know. I mean, I just believe that. And so the motive is we believe that heaven is real. We believe that hell is real. We believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. And we believe that we're on mission with God, for God, to go into all the world and do that. And, and please, please, please understand the motive is souls. And I know I've got to say this over and over again because people will say, why, why, why? Even this week, that guy, why do you want to take over? We don't want to take over. We just want to do what we can to stop people from going to hell. That's our motive. That's our motive. And if it wasn't that, we could all take it easy. It's way easier to be in a church that just says, we're so glad you showed up today. Let's not rock the boat. Let's just take it easy. But how many know that God is no respecter of comfort? He doesn't say, I'm so glad you want a comfortable life because I really like that when you follow me. 
God wants to agitate us. God wants us to grow. God wants us to be more like him. God does not want us to stay put. God wants us to keep growing in our relationship with him. He wants us to know him more. And he wants us to bring others into the faith. He doesn't want us to stop. And I just believe that. I believe it was worth it to grow for you and you and you and you and you and anyone else that's coming. I believe that we're going to keep strategizing and growing and maneuvering whatever we can to maximize all that God has given us. Now, I believe God loves it when we plan. I do. I believe he loves it when we plan. I believe he loves it when we have a vision. And I believe he loves it when we have dreams. I believe that. I believe we serve a God that enjoys it when we plan. That, that when I read the word of God, I see that he has plans. He says, I know the plans I have for you. You see a God that plans before the foundation of the world. He has plans. And I believe that in his image, we can be people that plan and strategize. When I see the word of God, I believe in Psalms 20 verse 4, it says, may he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. I like that. I see in Proverbs 12, 5, the plans of the righteous are just. I see in Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. I believe we need to have plans. Now, I believe also what James chapter 4, 15 says, where people are bragging about all the things they're going to do, that we say, you know what, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. I believe that too. So all the things that I'm going to say today are if the Lord wills it, these are the things we're asking him for. These are the things we're praying for. These are the things we're believing for. And I still believe that God says, you know, I've got more for you. I look at the things that I've asked for in this year and and I wonder if I've only asked for a cup of blessing and God's like, but I have an ocean. I have more to give you. But I'm believing for something. I'm believing that we're moving forward. I believe that God loves it when we have vision. I believe that we have a vision for where we're going to go. And Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And where there's no vision, that word perish means rot, like rotten fruit. Fruit that was intended for a purpose, but it was there and it just rotted. It never fulfilled its purpose. When there's no vision, it rots. I don't want our church to rot. We're going to move forward and fulfill what God has given to us. And I believe that God wants us to have dreams. Now I'll say this. I believe people are okay when we have plans. And I believe people are okay when we have vision for our life. You know, they're like, okay, most people never have a vision. They never have plans. They never write it down. They never aim for anything. But they're okay with you having a plan and a vision. But how many know when you have a dream, that kind of scares people? You know, if you look, people don't like dream. We usually tell dreamers, you can't do it. That's usually what we say. We say to dreamers, who, you? You can't do it. That's too big of a dream. Even in the Bible, you see Joseph like, here's what's going to happen. I got this dream. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to have this bright, and you're all going to bow down. They're like, yeah, whatever, dreamer boy. You know, they don't like dreams. But God likes when we have plans and visions and dreams. And this was so driven home to me uh, a year ago when I went to Africa. I met a couple, and I want you to show their picture, Clive and Mary Beckenham. Just a wonderful couple that felt a call of God just to go and start an orphanage in Kenya. So they went to start this orphanage in Kenya with basically their savings. They said, we've got a plan. We really don't know how to do it. We've got a plan. We're going to go start an orphanage and do something for these kids that need a parent. So they went and did that. And, you know, they have this little one-story orphanage. And while they're at one of the adoption ceremonies, a guy comes up to him and says, hey, I just want to let you know that couple over there that got that little boy from your orphanage, that's my best friend. And he said, you 
gave my best friend his son. You took care of his son and you let him adopt him and that means the world to him. And he goes, I just want to do something for you because you were there for my best friend. He goes, you had a plan to open this orphanage. He goes, do you have a vision at all of what you want to do? And he says, do I have a vision? So he runs to his closet and he pulls out these blueprints and he said, I have a vision of a two-story orphanage right on that plot of land right there. The guy said, I'll build it for you. And there they are standing in front of the two-story orphanage. Yeah. So it starts with a plan, then it goes to a vision, and the guy's so excited about it, a year later he comes to you and goes, Clive, do you have a dream? And Clive said, I have a dream. I have a dream that we're going to have orphanages all across Kenya. He goes, you know what, Clive? I own buildings all across Kenya. I'm going to start giving them to you and turning them into orphanages. And then when he left, he said, you know what, Clive, I'm leaving. I'm going back to Vietnam, and I just want to give you all the remaining buildings that I have. You can either turn them into orphanages or sell them for the orphans. All because a guy had a plan and a vision and a dream. I believe that God honors that. And you know the amazing thing, the guy that did all this for him? He was a Buddhist. (laughs) So God's taking the money from the Buddhist and giving it to the church. I love that. So God wants us to plan. God wants us to have vision. God wants us to dream. And I hope that for your life you have a plan. I hope you have a vision. I hope you have a dream. And if you don't, I invite you to join us on an exciting plan and vision and dream at River Valley Church so you can be part of what God is doing here. And I believe that should be part of your plan and vision and dream. You can start there and then build on it. God has things he wants to do through you. And I know, I can hear in your mind, some of you are thinking, not me, not me, not me. I refuse to believe that lie. I refuse to believe that you're here on this earth without a vision, without something that God wants you to fulfill. You're not just here to perish. I believe God has a plan for you and you're part of this and you can celebrate what God has done in this church and you can be a part of it. And as I share the things that we're looking forward to, ask yourself, God, what's my part of that? How can I plan to be part of that? What's my part of that vision? God, how can I be part of this so we can do even greater things for you, Lord? So with that in mind, and if the Lord wills it and we could see this happen, I am asking and believing in prayer for 2011 for us to see the church grow by a thousand people. I believe that we're going to grow by a thousand people. That's going to necessitate a couple of things. First of all, it's going to necessitate growth in our Saturday night service. Our Sunday services are both full to this size. Our Saturday services are both less than this. So there's a lot of room there on Saturday. And if you've been coming for a while, I'd encourage you to check out Saturday and at least make that part of your regular worship that you can get to Saturday night on occasion. But it's also going to need from us that Two to 300 people will say, I'll be part of the Savage Campus. What I feel that we need to do for our Savage Campus is I feel that we need two to 300 people to pray about this and saying, I actually live closer to the Savage Campus. I'll be part of the momentum building force there at our Savage Campus, growing from about 400, getting it to six to 700, and then growing to 1,000. I believe that. We need some momentum. So I need you to be praying about that seriously. And here's what I'd use for you. If it'd be easier for you to get your neighbors to go to the Savage Campus, if it'd be easier for you to get those you invite to join you at a church that you believe is bringing a life-giving message of Jesus Christ, if it'd be easier at Savage than it would be at Apple Valley, then I believe that should be your answer for you. 
that you say, God, I'll be part of that. Maybe I'll lose a little bit of what I've liked at Apple Valley, but it's one church, multiple locations, and I just believe you should be praying about that. It'll also require all of our campuses to have a growth mentality, that we're not just relying on one, but all of us are doing it. I believe that we're going to see 1,700 salvations by the faith that we're going to believe for 1,700 people to respond in faith and say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I was struggling with that. I was writing down 1,500. Then I wrote down 1,700. Then I wrote down 1,500. And then I was like, in my mind, I was like, do you really want to see 200 less people come to faith? (laughs) So then I almost wrote 17,000. And then I was like. But let's aim for 1,700 and see what God does. What does that mean for you, though? What does that mean for you? That means that you need to leverage your friendships. You need to leverage and have courage that we give you that invite card in the bulletin. We give you that for each series that's coming up. That means for the Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 series that we're doing in February, works don't work, where I've already said we're giving a clear gospel presentation. You need to invite somebody to that. I believe also that we need double the number of water baptisms. We need to see that over 400. By the way, we're also going to build the bridge. I felt God say for the Easter sermon again, we're going to do the bridge. It seems like every other year we bring back the bridge. Those of you that have not seen it, you can look online. But there'll be a giant bridge on this stage, and I'll share the message of salvation, and I will ask those that gave their heart to Jesus Christ to come up on the stage and walk across the bridge. We'll have a bridge at every campus. We're believing God to change lives. I believe also that this year is going to start a fifth campus for us, and I believe we're starting a campus in Edina. God has laid it upon my heart. My dad worked for 30 years in Edina. I feel like I was raised in both Egan and Edina. I've always had a place in my heart for that city. I know some people say, oh, those guys are the cake eaters and this and that. You know, get over it. We need to reach people. We need to reach people, and who cares if they beat you in hockey, all right? Get over it. Just get over it. Not only that, God laid upon our heart and our elders just approved at our last elder meeting. We're going to parent another church. What does that mean? We're going to co-sign their loan. They're going to take a loan of about $50,000 to start their church. We're going to co-sign and be the second signature. We just believe and made a decision as elders that we always want to be guaranteeing somebody else's church plant. That when we find uh, young ministers that want to go out and trust God and they need a safety net, this church has the strength to be the safety net, and we always want to be on the line for another church. So I'll give more details as the year comes along, but we've agreed to do that with another church. They're going to be given a five spot. If you feel led to go be a part of their church. We believe in these ministers and we're not going to hold back. If you want to be a part of it, go and bless this church. Because again, we're about the kingdom of God, not just River Valley. River Valley is the small church. The kingdom of God is the big church. Okay? So we're going to be investing in that as well. Kingdom Builders, I believe this is going to be the year that we're going over a million dollars. And I don't want to steal the thunder from next week's breakfast, but I'm, going to, I'm believing that a million dollars will be given away from this church. It won't be bricks and mortar. Some will be launching the new campus in some of the money, but I believe we're going over a million dollars for Kingdom Builders, advancing the kingdom of God more than what we could normally. I believe that in Global Project, we've got to add to our missionaries. 111 is not enough. It's not enough. And as the budget goes up, we're going to add more missionaries systematically to our church. For Alpha, I believe in 575 people this year. Holy Spirit Retreat, 700. Discover Ministry, 700. 
life groups. We need 325 life groups if we're just going to keep pace with the growth. And seriously, we need 450 people in the church that say, I'm comfortable leading and I'll be trained. That means we need double the number of people trained right now who say, I'll open up my home, I'll lead a Bible study, I'll lead a group, I'll lead a connect group, a serve group, a growth group. I'll take my hobby, I'll add intentionality to it and make it a life group. I'll do something for the kingdom of God. We're believing for that. For Sparkle, we're believing for a thousand women. And I'd believe for more, but that's all we could fit in here, all right? So a thousand, we'll get to standing room only for Sparkle, all right? And men, I just want to tell you, let's just try to keep up with the ladies, all right? Let's just try to keep up with all they're doing. This year, we're bringing in Chris Kane again. She's going to speak on the weekend for Sparkle. We're also bringing in Robert Morris. He pastors Gateway Church down in Dallas, Texas, church of about 14,000 that just built a $54 million building debt-free. He's going to come and speak to us about finances and God's favor in that area. We tried to get him for a weekend, and he said, I can't make it. So I proposed to him, how about a Friday night? So he's going to come in on Friday night, March 18th, and do what I'm going to just call a bonus service. So if you want to see him live, you can come Friday night, March 18th. If not, we're just going to roll video at all the campuses. But he's coming on up. And I just believe God has anointed his ministry to see just financial breakthrough. So he's coming to speak to us. And then also Glenn Berteau, who pastors a church of over 10,000 in California. Glenn Berteau is the one that mentored both myself and Pastor Darren. When we were college students with rough edges and a lot of pride, a lot of anger and other issues, he's the one that broke us down and said, if you ever want to be used by God, you're going to have to change. He was our mentor, and it's our privilege to bring him in to speak to the church. He's just got a great apostolic anointing on him and coming to speak to us so you could see exciting, exciting things. A couple last things. We're going to have a worship recording this year because I believe there's an anointing on our worship. In addition to that, we're also going to start an intern program. We're going to start intentionally raising up the next generation, partnering with North Central University to have interns, more interns and more interns, growing and raising them up in our church. And the last uh, couple things, this one may shock you. But I felt God clearly say we needed to start a seniors ministry. Not to seniors in high school, but seniors, okay? So I want you to still come to the weekend service. Just, we'll give you earplugs. It keeps you young, all right? But every day starting this year, every day in the United States, 10,000 people will turn 65. Every day for the next 14 years. Every day for the next 14 years, 10,000 people in the United States of America will turn 65. And we're not going to let that generation go by thinking they're irrelevant, thinking their best days are behind them. We believe we can glean from their wisdom, their knowledge, their experience, and they can mentor the next generation. Before they leave this earth, they have too much valuable wisdom that they need to implant in us. And we have excitement and energy, but they have wisdom and godliness and years of faithful service to the king and we want to glean from them and we're going to make a place for them in our church. And the last thing we're going to do, yeah, that's good. And the last thing we're going to do, I just we're going to start an online service so that people all around the world can watch online live with what we're doing. We're going to intentionally go into English-speaking countries and advertise there because why not do missions through the internet? And with the cost of an ad in a paper in India, we could have a billion people watching on the internet. Think about that. 
and the rest of the world is getting connected with high-speed internet more than the United States is, why can't we go to people that are speaking English, go behind barriers where people say you can't go, and intentionally advertise and say, watch what God is doing and have a global impact. So when I hear all this, I say, God, it's for your glory, it's for your honor, it's for your praise. We're not going to rest You know, we're not going to take it easy. And again, I could take it easy. I could golf every day. I get invited to so many golfing things. I could be a pro golfer, you know. Well, maybe not. But I could, I could golf a lot. I could golf a lot. But you know what? That's not what God's called us to do. We enjoy the blessings. We enjoy fun times. We enjoy down times. But we enjoy being on mission with God. And I'm going to ask all across this place, you'd stand with me and receive this blessing and receive this charge and ask yourself, God, what is my part of that vision? Lord, so as we stand before you, we say, what is our part? What are you speaking to us? It's a big vision. It's big numbers. It's, we don't want to get numbed by those things, but we know that each of us can do a part. We can do something. And God, you're speaking to each one of us individually. We can be a part of this. Collectively, we're going to do great things, but individually, we will do great things because you have gifted all of us. So God, I pray for that, and I believe for that. We celebrate what you did, we celebrate what you're doing, and we celebrate what you will do. God, help us to run downhill with momentum. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.